Pope Francis has taken a massive departure from the church and is in favor of civil unions for same-sex couples. A surprise serenade from Dolly Parton in this economy? We're crying over it. And deciding to get pregnant during the pandemic, we talked to Clarissa Jan Lim about how some women are handling it. The date, October 21st, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. So Casey, how how is The Bachelorette going? Not, I'm curious. Not well, not well, not, Hayes. Oh, oh, what's what's wrong? I, I can literally think of nothing that would prompt that response from you right now. So I'm so curious. What is going poorly? Um, well, it seems like Claire's definitely getting a bad edit from producers. And I don't know if that's because producers were feeling petty or if because Claire deserves a bad edit and ABC has not formally announced that there is going to be a second bachelorette this season for the first time in its history, which is going to be Tasha. Um, but everyone is like, bring Tasha on. We're done with Claire. It, this is so boring wow. and cringeworthy. What week are she, we on? We're two. We're on two. Jesus. We're on two and, ev- and everyone is like, I know I thought I, everyone was pretty excited for this one. And now, now it's just like, Oh boy. I mean, it, it's boring when we all know who she likes the most and yeah. she's being kind of mean to everyone else. She kicked off someone this week for not knowing anything about her. And I'm like, isn't that how dating works? You find out about someone. It was truly wow. wild. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, I can <laughs> kind of see that in the world of like, okay, it was clearly in my profile. That was like the one thing I really highlighted and rolled there and you missed it. But geez. Yeah, it was rough. Okay. Well, time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. Pope Francis II is now pro-civil unions for same-sex couples? Yeah. You heard that right. In the documentary Francesco that premiered today in Rome, Pope Francis remarked that LGBTQ couples are, quote, children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or made miserable because of it. He also noted, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. This is a massive departure from the church, which is taught that homosexual acts are, quote, disordered. And former Pope Benedict XVI called homosexuality an intrinsic moral evil. In 2013, Pope Francis stated, Who am I to judge when it came to gay churchgoers? And this is small but important progress on that original statement. Moving on, in a move that surprised absolutely no one, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told fellow Republicans at a private lunch that he warned the White House against approving a new coronavirus stimulus bill before the election. So you might remember the last week, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said that they'd been having ongoing talks about bridging the gap between a $1.8 trillion relief deal and a $2.2 trillion relief deal amid President Trump tweeting about getting a new deal through. But McConnell's telling the White House "Mm, not so much on the deal because he believes Pelosi is not negotiating in good faith. And it could be a disadvantage for Republicans come election time, especially those who are in races of their own and don't want to see the deficit balloon to three point one trillion dollars. But some senators are speaking out against McConnell and say their constituents need this relief package. McConnell has been AWOL. He has been absent, total, a total non-participant, and now is actually being a critical speed bump in the last days as Speaker Pelosi is trying hard to work out a robust package of relief. We have six million Americans late on their mortgage or their rent. That should be in this bill. 
every state is facing rising uh, challenges, both in terms of their budgets and the pandemic response, robust state and local government relief should be in this bill. And there should be another round of support for families. I hope we can get this done. Uh, I have confidence in Speaker Pelosi and her negotiations. Many of us in the Senate are ready to support a broad and significant bill like this. That was Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. And finally, the Justice Department announced civil and criminal settlements with Purdue Pharma, the company that makes OxyContin. As part of the settlement, Purdue will plead guilty to three criminal charges and fork over $8 billion. OxyContin is an incredibly powerful painkiller, which was prescribed by doctors in the 90s and beyond. Originally, the prescribers told people that there were no addictive properties, and turns out that's not true. The drug helped fuel America's opioid epidemic, and according to the Department of Health and Human Services, 10.3 million people misused prescription opioids in 2018 alone. So what does this plea deal really mean? Let's have DOJ break it down. A key piece of today's resolution is based on the future of the company that was Purdue Pharma. The agreed resolution, if approved by the court, will require that the company be dissolved and no longer exist in its present form. It would require that the Sacklers must relinquish all ownership and control of the company or of any of its successors, and the company's assets would be transferred to a new public benefit company, or PBC, owned by a trust for the benefit of the American public. Purdue Pharma is currently in bankruptcy court, so it's unclear if the government will receive the full $8 billion mentioned in the settlement. And the Sackler family, who owns Purdue Pharma, could face separate criminal charges. But for now, the members of the family will pay immediately $225 million in civil penalties. Their net worth is estimated at $13 billion. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's several dollars. <laughs> um, I just want to go back to the Pope real quick, and because I have to say this uh, when whenever I can. So... This conversation about gay couples being legally protected is happening in 2020. The BLM movement is happening in 2020. And the civil rights movement just happened uh, back in the 60s. I just like to say those dates for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I am fully on board with this. What's interesting is, so recently, someone tweeted out recently a clip from the debate between Joe Biden and Sarah Palin back in 2008. And it was fascinating little time warp because back then, Joe Biden's position, like on the debate stage at least, was, yeah, uh, we need civil unions. And Sarah Palin, like, kind of, sort of agreed. Like, yeah, we need to make sure that they are legally protected. Barack Obama and I, Joe Biden said, we'll make sure that every gay couple will have the same rights under the law as a heterosexual couple. And that was the position. And that was the very progressive position at the time, basically. We come a long way, not far enough. But a long way since 2008. <laughs> All right, Casey, what do you have for us in pop culture today? Okay, well, um, Saoirse Ronan had a really memorable birthday, Hayes. For her 26th birthday, Kate Winslet gave her the gift of filming a sex scene. Oh, was, yeah. it, was that on her Amazon wish list? What? <laughs> 
so the actors were filming the period piece Ammonite, uh, which we've talked about on the show. And Winslet told Entertainment Weekly she asked for the love scene to be rescheduled to coincide with Ronan's birthday. Winslet said, quote, I just wanted her to have, frankly, a great memory in her film life, regardless of how the scene played out or the movie turned out. Adding, quote, I knew that it would be great just because of the experience that we would share together. I knew that it would be very equal. Winslet, I'm sorry, this is so gay. Okay, very I'm going to pause no. it to say how gay it is and continue it. Okay, go for it. Good, good. Winslet went on to explain that it was important to her and director Francis Lee that the scene be filmed with a woman's perspective and that Winslet and Ronan choreographed the scene themselves. Again, gay. And the film tells the story of the real-life <laughs> forbidden romance between two British geologists, gay, and it's set in the 19th century, gay. It's due out next month, gay, and is already getting great gay reviews. <laughs> Casey, I love you. Thank you for this very important update. Like, when I first saw that quote going around Twitter, I was like, surely this cannot be real. Some, like, fan fan account made up this quote. I must fact check this, but there it was in Entertainment Weekly. First of all, I want to say that this scene being filmed from a woman's perspective, like, truly great it should be because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, often it's not because a lot of of directors are male, let's be frank. And, And so that is important that we're getting this, and that's totally fine, great, good. But the fact that it was rescheduled to be on her birthday is truly gay and wild. (laughs) It's just so much. So, wow. Like... I, I just don't even know how to handle that. Like, it's it's going to live in my brain forever, completely rent-free. It's going to randomly remember Kate Winslet rescheduled a sex scene shoot to be on her <laughs> co-star's birthday. And that's just a thing that happened. You know what? I hope it was a really good day for Sersha. Really good. Great day. <laughs> Banner day. Okay. And moving on, Hayes, I have a question for you. What would you do if you were to receive a surprise serenade from Dolly Parton? Um... Before or after I collapse into a pile of dust, emotional <laughs> dust on the floor. There we are. Good answer. Okay. Well, that's basically what happened to Stephen Colbert on The Late Show last night. Dolly was explaining how her mother fostered her love of music by singing her kind of depressing lullabies every night. She suddenly burst into song and Stephen just couldn't handle it. He's gone to seek him another bride. He cares no more for me and then it goes are you crying oh bury me beneath the willow under the weeping willow tree where he may know where i am sleeping and perhaps he'll weep for me so i better hush for you cries after death and we can't finish the show Like a lot of Americans, I'm under a lot of stress right now, Dolly. uh, You got under my tripwire right there. I'll tell you right there. That was pretty beautiful. Dolly also said in the interview she's still writing new music and is working on a few new songs about what people are going through with the pandemic. Okay, so I listened to this clip on the street, just on my phone. Hearing it in my headphones right now, piped into my... I'm crying a little. I oh, know that, that was so good. Just something about like the timber in her mm-hmm, voice, that little mm-hmm. quaver that she has that mm-hmm. really just sets you off. And it's like, wow, that is amazing. Cause she wasn't even trying. She's one of the people who just opens her mouth and beautiful things comes out. And I love and hate them for it. It's amazing. 
I, um, seeing as how I wasn't emotionally ready for those 20 seconds of her singing, I don't know how I'm going to handle her releasing songs about what people are going through during the pandemic. That's raw. It is. I love her for it. Um, I did, huh. I just realized, didn't she put out a Christmas album this year? Am I making that up? Am I ever misremembering that? I'm, I don't know. I'm going to say things from my memory that I have. I think she's going to be in a Christmas movie. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Either one of those being true would be amazing. We'll fact check that after the show. For now, in a true Schrodinger's cat fashion, she has both put out a Christmas album and it's going to be in a Christmas movie this year. All right. When we come back, we've got Clarissa Jan Lim talking about women who made the difficult decision to get pregnant during a pandemic. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021OMG, join Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happen. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Get all the juicy details of every episode that you've been wondering about for decades as 90210 90210 super fan and radio host Sissony sits in with Jenny and Tori to reminisce, reflect, and relive each moment from Brandon and Kelly's first kiss to shouting, Donna Martin graduates. You have an amazing memory. You remember everything about the entire 10 years that we filmed that show. And you remember absolutely nothing of the 10 years that we filmed that show. <laughs> Listen to 9021 OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. So I'm going to start this conversation by saying right now the world feels like it's burning. Every day it seems like we get some new piece of information that terrifies us in ways we never thought imaginable. But there is hope. Life goes on. There is happiness. And there are babies. 
In a moving new article, BuzzFeed News' Clarissa Jan Lim talks with six women about why they decided to get pregnant during a pandemic. She joins us now to talk about it. Hi, Clarissa. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So uh, first off, we want to clarify that these aren't women who were pregnant before the pandemic or accidentally became pregnant. This was a conscious decision for all the couples you spoke with. Despite all the risk and uncertainty, uh, why did they tell you that they decided just to go for it? Yeah. Um, so like you said, all the women I spoke to had decided during and despite the pandemic to get pregnant. And as for the why, um, I think there were a range of reasons that they uh, made this decision. You know, some of them had been through fertility treatments and they decided, you know, let's just go for it. Uh, we're working from home. We have a little bit more time you know, without the extra commute. And then others, uh, they had been trying for, you know, a longer time and they just decided um, that, you know, let's just keep trying and see what happens. And all of the women said that (laughs) they just had a mix of emotions during the process of trying to conceive, even though they had been, some of them had been trying for a while. And um, those emotions intensified when they found out that they were pregnant. One thing you focus on is the fact that, yes, it is a scary time to be a pregnant woman, but it's even scarier being a pregnant black woman. Mortality rates are much higher. And you even spoke with a mother who said her doctors wouldn't listen to her when she was telling them something was wrong. Yeah, that mom, Michelle. So she and her husband had been trying for a couple of years to get pregnant. They are older in age. They are, I think she is 39, if I'm not wrong. Um, she said that the doctors call her pregnancy a geriatric pregnancy. Jesus. Um, yeah, which is an interesting term to use, but I guess it's a medical term. Um, but yeah, so she had been trying for years to get pregnant. And, you know, it was also difficult because in the summer when the Black Lives Matter protests erupted, you know, she asked herself, is this the best time to raise a black child? And especially during a pandemic that has disproportionately impacted black and brown people. And on top of that, she, when she did uh, finally get pregnant, she said that she was feeling um, very severe uh, morning sickness. And she would go to her doctor and say, something is wrong. I need help. Um, This does not feel right. And the doctors, because it was her first time being pregnant, she said that they kind of approached it like, oh, it's your first pregnancy. You don't really know what's happening. But it is her body. And she felt like she really had to push to say something is not right. Like, I know it's my first pregnancy, but still, like, this does not feel okay. Um, And in the end, she found out it was some vitamins that were making her feel a little bit sick. So when I spoke to her, she was doing a little bit better, but it was also, she really had to advocate for herself. And she was, she felt like she was kind of alone in this also because, um, and this was something that several of the other pregnant women brought up, you know, a lot of them have to go into these checkups alone. Their partners weren't allowed in, you know, they, a lot of them stayed in a parking lot in the car waiting for them to finish their checkups. Um, And sometimes he had to FaceTime in when it was a bigger appointment, like seeing the ultrasound or something. So, yeah, you mentioned earlier that this was a summer of unrest in America. There were the Black Lives Matter protests that started off in like uh, June. And one woman said that she felt left out, that she couldn't have been more involved in the protest. Can you tell us a little about her? Yeah, um, that woman, Rose, she lives in New York City. Um, The protests in New York City, some of them were happening 
right outside of her apartment and she felt that she was very newly pregnant and she felt uh, like she was missing out on it. You know, she really wanted to express solidarity. She really wanted to march with other protesters. Um, and she, she and her husband felt so frustrated that they were sitting in their apartments, looking out their windows at the crowd passing by a huge crowd and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't join them. So, you know, she said that they found other ways to participate, um, to support the movement, but she just felt in the moment so, you know, a little bit uh, helpless that she couldn't do it much about it. So I'm curious, did any of the women talk to you about some of those like milestones that they couldn't take part in, like baby showers or even how they felt watching other people have like these group baby showers in person during this pandemic? Well, we didn't talk about baby showers, um, but they did, at least one of them said that she felt like, even though it was her first pregnancy, she felt like she was missing out on some of the big moments, like, you know, FaceTiming her husband into the room um, when she saw the ultrasound for the first time. You know, that's something that I think a lot of couples, especially the first with the first baby, they really look forward to that. But for her, she couldn't do that. You know, she couldn't hold his hand. Like they couldn't be there physically together. So she said that she felt like she really missed out on that. And it's not even something that she was looking forward to so much until she realized that she couldn't have it. But another woman said that it wasn't such a big deal for her because she had never experienced it before. It was also her first pregnancy. So, you know, it wasn't something that she felt uh, very strongly about. All of these women are fairly far along in the pregnancies. How are they feeling as they look toward delivering in the midst of possibly a third wave of the pandemic? Could they have to give birth alone? Yeah, I think that's what all of them are just terrified about because for most of them so far, they've had to do all of this alone as far as going to medical appointments. I think at one point, New York City, some New York City hospitals had decided to not allow anybody else in the birthing room. Um, so no partner, no parent, no, nobody else, but just the woman, the person giving birth. So they were all <laughs> pretty set on, you know, being hopeful that they could uh, have their partner in there, at least one person in there. And they also hoped that they didn't have to give birth with a mask on, uh, which, you know, we've all read those stories. Seems pretty awful to go into labor with a mask on. So what was it like for you to talk to all these women about their hopes and fears as they, you know, move forward uh, with bringing a baby into the world? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was um, strange. I mean, I think it's been a hard year for everybody. When I uh, had first started thinking about the story, I was also like, there's not a lot of things to be hopeful about. Let's be real, like 2020 sucks. But I mean, I think being pregnant and expecting a child really forces you to look into the future. And all of them were optimistic about the future. And it was really nice to hear that after, man, a spring, a summer, and this entire fall of just <laughs> hell. <laughs> so it was really nice to hear that from them. Um, it was some of the most hopeful conversations I've had in a lo really long time. So I am very grateful to them for talking to me. So are you going to stay in touch with them slash are you going to be getting a lot of baby pictures? <laughs> I mean, I might ask for baby pictures, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see if they want to send it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are going to want to send baby pictures. <laughs> I know baby pictures are 
one of the very few things making me happy these days. Oh, at least there's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Clarissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Okay, we have time for one more thing, and today it's video games and making a plan to vote. You would think that those two actions could not be more disparate, but leave it to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to bring the two together. AOC joined Congresswoman Ilhan Omar and streamers Pokimane, Hassan Abi, and Myth on Twitch to play the hit game Among Us while helping folks make a plan to vote in the upcoming election. One absolute highlight included AOC killing singer-songwriter Maya in the first five minutes of the game. Have a listen to Maya's reaction. Yeah, that happened. She later went on to say thank you, Queen, and her mic during the stream. AOC stream garnered 430,000 concurrent viewers, which makes it close to the biggest Twitch live stream in history. I mean, Twitter was just alive with reactions to this. It honestly seemed like a really great and fun time. Like, just like a time for the Congresswomen and Gen Z to just hang out. Right? Like... I haven't played Among Us, but I've been watching the memes slowly percolate up through my Instagram Discover. And I think I now kind of have to try. So for people who are listening and don't know what this game is, basically, here's the concept. You're in space. You're a little cartoon astronaut person in a colored suit. And someone, it's like Mafia, the game, where someone is doing the murders against you and the other people. And everyone who's left alive has to guess who is the traitor who has been doing the murders. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and it was just great you know the whole thing was to get uh people gen z specifically to get engaged and to vote and myth who was one of the gamers tweeted out like you know this was my first time voting it was easy do it and it was just you know four hundred and thirty thousand concurrent viewers that's wild that's so many people and you know it looked like they had a really great time and i don't blame them for doing this and i i'm just really happy that this happened i really am <laughs> considering going out and like trying out this game this weekend <laughs> that's what we'll do we'll 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 bond via this game even more so don't you want to spend more time with me Hayes? i absolutely <laughs> do though so we'll have to figure out what system it's on and all of that yes we'll make this happen casey <laughs> all right that's it for today join us tomorrow for a discussion with jezebel jones summers on chris pratt's political views And remember, uh, if you really just need to cry today, just go listen to some Dolly Parton, man. It worked for us. It'll work for you. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second, and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear, and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com comfy. 
After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 90210OMG, visit Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Listen to 90210OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional basketball <laughs> players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 